You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. All right, what's up, y'all? Seasons beatings. We are back at it once again. Welcome back to Systematic Ecology. I am one of your hosts. I am Joe, and I am joined for today's festivities by TJ. What's happening? Not much. So we... uh, <laughs> uh, so, so a couple of months ago, we started a series talking about um, the Mortal Kombat series. We talked about how that was a very formative IP in our love for uh, beat-em-ups for fighters, that sort of thing. And, uh, well, you know, a couple months later, and we're back at it again. Uh, you know, episode two in the series, and we talked about a bit about the entirety of kind of the impact of um, the 2D era of them. But, you know, it, it almost seems like like <laughs> you leave so much on the table to try and talk about these games because my original thought process in talk, in trying to break down like, okay, so what's the next step in a series like this? Okay, so we talked about the 2D era of games. Let's talk about the 3D era of games next. But even, even taking it in large chunks like that, there's just so much that you leave on the table with breaking down the the games to me, it feels like these games deserve to go through a bit slower, I guess, of a pace, but but appreciate kind of the building blocks because to, to zoom out for a minute and talking about video game IP, we live in a world where it's not hard to have like this this sprawling universe for games and all of that kind of stuff, downloadable content, the whole nine yards. But back when these games are first being created, you got what was on the cartridge. And sometimes there were little like sneak things in the st- in the stages and all of that kind of stuff. But like you you had what was on uh, on the media. And so you had to if you're a game developer, you had to make it count. And I would imagine if I'm these guys, right, you have Mortal Kombat, the 2D fighter so far, and now your task, okay, make a sequel. You know, no pressure or anything. The first one just, you know, lit the world on fire. You know, no pressure to get it right a second time. Yeah, yeah. And they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, like stunningly. You know, you you look at the the character list, the stage design that this is this this to me proves a point that i have tried to make about video games for quite a long time the graphics and the and the the advancements in hardware and and what is capable is not it's it's point b in the conversation right attention to detail caring about the world that you're creating making things feel like other things are happening in this world beyond what the camera is shooting right now. That's number one. And that can be done on a 2D device. That can be done on 3D capable device on a small screen or a large screen. That is not specific 
to an, a a particular advancement in hardware because if you look at you know yes these these are all you know I'm sitting here I've got I've got TJ on my one side and on the other side I've got like a like a wiki somebody broke down each one of the the eras of games and all of that and I'm, so I'm sitting here looking at the thumbnails the sprites for each one of the characters and it, we look at this now and you're like oh this is so dated for the time this was like bleeding edge this was this was a serious advancement in graphics but i don't know i just i don't i i would argue that it's not just that that it it's daring to expand its universe and and creates something on top of being mortal combat having that engine that graphic display the whole nine yards i don't know i think i think it's it's both of those worlds you know what i mean yeah, and specifically, we're talking Mortal Kombat 2. This is possibly the greatest video game sequel of all time. Yeah. Uh, this is, to me, this is where the series really became Mortal Kombat. Uh, you got Fatalities, Babalities, which I love. They took them out for a little while, but they're back. Uh, yeah. Ships, even. All of those were added in MK2. Uh, the game was sped up. If you've never played Mortal Kombat 1 and you tried to play it now, you might think it was possibly the most boring fighting game of your life. But that's just because you're not good enough at it. But it was definitely very slow. Uh, this is where it became more like a modern fighting game uh, because it really was kind of the first one. Too yeah. You also get a lot of fan favorite characters in two. Uh, Baraka is one of my personally favorite characters. Smoke and no Noob Saibot in this one as secret fightable characters. Uh, Katana. There's Mortal Kombat 2 is the perfect sequel to a video game. They yeah. improved yeah. everything. Yeah, pound for pound. I mean, the the retro gamer in me wants to start crying a foul on behalf of Mario, but honestly, pound for pound, I think without if you're if you're speaking in terms of a true to heart sequel, a continuation of the first, then I would say by by miles, Mortal Kombat has any of any of the other options as far as uh, a creation and i would I, I yeah i'm a little i'm a little biased here but i would say i bring that conversation into a modern context as well i don't just mean by like in in terms of its contemporaries at that time i think you hit the nail directly on the head it continued what made what made the first one special and recognized the adaptations that needed to be made because it was starting to expand into home consoles it was originally part of why the first one is so slow is because it wasn't designed for a home console unit it was designed for an arcade cabinet and arcade cabinets have a lot weaker processors than anything really one when, when home when home entertainment really kicked off and became more and more of a thing i you, you it never it never looked back as far as beating out what was possible on an arcade cabinet and all of that kind of stuff you play you generally play arcade cabinets if you either really just genuinely enjoy retro gaming or you're about my age you know what i mean Je yeah. uh, or maybe a little bit older you know what i mean that's yeah. that's about it they're they're uh, they they were the grandfathers of of the systems, but they're the grandfathers. You know what I mean? They were the first attempts, and so so this being ported very well and pivoted very well to meet the need of the changing of the market is exactly what I think helped it just immediately blow out 
its contemporaries within the fighting world. You know, anything that you, yes, I, I, I love all fighters. I grew up on fighters. I, that was, that was my jam, especially in the Genesis era and all of that. So all, all of the, the street fighters and, and every, I would take anything that I could get as far as that goes. So I played all of them and I enjoyed most of them, but street fighter is just incredibly redundant. Once they don't really, they just take that and just copy paste with new and uh, with maybe a little bit, you know, change of graphics or something like that. Whereas this completely pushes the envelope and, and not only with the story, but like, there's blood, there's graphics, there's, and it, and it's done well. It doesn't look like a cheap imitation, like somebody's like squirting ketchup on the screen or something like that. Like it's actually done well. Yeah. And Mortal Kombat always was just the more mature fighting game. Street Fighter was just dudes and one freak beating each other up. Uh, shout out to Blanca uh, when he was terrifying yeah. in the early Street Fighter days. Blanca mains, if you're listening, I am sorry. You're paying for the sins of your forefathers. It just can't be good anymore. But Mortal Kombat really, at this point, I think was just doing it better. Yeah. And I'm blessed enough to have an arcade a few minutes away from a barcade, a few minutes away from my house that has a Mortal Kombat 2 cabinet, That's which awesome. is sick because no one, no one else over here knows how to play Mortal Kombat. So it's a pretty good time yeah. for me. Yeah. It's a skill set. Yeah. And especially playing on an arcade cabinet with the pad layout. So... So tell me what we are obviously of two different generations. What was your exposure to this game? And for those listening, because it really was a couple of months ago that we did the first installment of the series. Uh, for 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 those that didn't catch the first one, where do where were you introduced to Mortal Kombat? Uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat three on the Nintendo three D or Nintendo DS DSi. I think it was actually yeah. Which is you. You were yeah, introduced wait. to, to handheld Mortal Kombat first? Yeah, yeah. I, so we had an Xbox, but it wasn't on Xbox at the time, I don't think. Or at least, I think 3 might have been, but we didn't have it uh, for whatever reason. Uh, my dad, I think, got it for me for one of my birthdays, uh, just Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 for the DS instead of, I don't know, the Xbox where we could have played it together. But I guess he knew to be afraid because he wouldn't have been able to beat me anyway. Uh but yeah, it was Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, the one that was combined with uh, Puzzle Combat, which is, you know, was kind of fun. You know, Mortal Kombat Tetris is, was all right. But uh, past that, because I think I started playing that in like 2007 or 8, 2009 is when Mortal Kombat 9 came out. Yeah. And that's where I really got into it, playing with other people, not just trying to beat Kentaro and Shao Kahn on my DS. But yeah. since then, I've gotten to go back and play, you know, Annihilation and 1 and 2 still three i still like three uh 10 11 i have the privilege of being able to own so it's really been there most of my life just i started a little bit later than the start because even mortal kombat 2 came out in 93 yeah it's six years older than i am bro so anyway i'm just gonna leave that point right there um you know yeah it's it's cool to hear that the unconventional path got you into fandom of mk like it it's it's cool when an ip spans generations it i say the same thing about something like the turtles right the, the fact that i got a chance to talk to kevin eastman and i remember being a kid and watching that with my old man like it it's a whole thing and it's 
it's cool. It's cool to see that it's long in the tooth enough for that. Um, I, I would, man, like Mortal Kombat in, in it's true. It's, it's what makes two as good as it is, but it's true on down the line through its sequels in the different eras of Mortal Kombat. They've never been afraid to change with the times never. they needed to adapt they adapted for two they needed to adapt they adapted they adapted for three we're going to keep going through the eras there's the 3d era there's the current era and every time it changed it changed to be what it needed to be to fit the time even if at certain points the storyline kind of fell in on itself and you'll see at this point right now we are at more of look at this and then, oh, there's secrets and there's little things. And like there's there's bits of story that are there, but you really don't see the the, the explosion of storyline until uh, probably three. I think I don't know if it's three or four that four. it really starts to kick in. Yeah, I think it's four. You, you do get some of the some of the story in three, but it's not like significant. Right. Unless you like to read and finish arcade challenges, which I did. I liked a lot. So you get a little bit of it if you read and remember it. But, you know, you had to work for it back then. Like you actually Mm -hmm. had to work for it. You had to beat the arcade ladder several times. But I will say we did also have Mortal Kombat Annihilation, the movie on DVD. Ah. So (laughs) I was a fan, you know, when I was that young. Uh, It had like the cool early 2000s, late 90s DVD case that just had like the clasp. It yeah. was like a, a cheap cardboard cover. I loved those. Those were sick. So overall, yeah. a positive experience for me. And now I just have to never watch it again so I can keep saying. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'll, so so full transparency, um, I was inspired, we'll say, uh, to to do to approach you about doing this series when the guys over at the bottom shelf did Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um, and th- they rank it. It's a whole thing and determine whether or not it's it's good and nostalgic or it belongs on the bottom shelf. And listening to these guys chop it up about specifically Annihilation and then comparing that to my experiences with that movie, like I, I'm one of the few and we'll get there in the in in the the span of us covering the mortal Kombat series you guys best believe that we are going to be including the movies as well but just to wet the palette uh possibly possibly the most underrated video game sequel that there is in these i'm just saying if if you if you accept it for exactly what it is it does it is not afraid to be exactly what it is unabashedly yeah. So even has Liu Kang's fatality in it. Yes. What more can you ask for? Even has the the pit stage, the pitfall fatality. I don't know. Yep. I think the movie might not be that bad. Uh, definitely better than the Street Fighter movie. But you know, oh, yeah. we'll get there when we get there. Yep. Yeah. So so yeah, I I uh, for me as far as this game goes in particular, um, the first time that I played this was on the Genesis. I had it for the Game Gear as well, but I don't. Um, but I don't remember which one I played first, but yeah, I was a huge fan of like, of, of the first one. And so it was pretty immediate that the second one, I was going to get the second one. Um, I, for me, 
kind of this is one of those IPs that I grew up with. You know, it came out when I was when I was pretty young. And so as I got older, the games kept coming out. And, you know, that continues on pretty pretty handily even through like the ps2 era and and beyond from that point um but yeah i mean for kids of the time when this is brand spanking new this is if you ask somebody show me a video game that encapsulates 90s i would give you exactly three examples this game duke nukem um and WCW versus NWO World Tour. I, those three games pretty much, pretty much cry, get, give a good give a good idea of of what '90s kids would be into throughout the throughout the decade. Uh, this this was everything that a 14 year old boy wanted it to be. No, I wasn't 14 when this came out. Um, that would put me at Will's age, and I'm still yeah. not the elder statesman of the show. Shout out to Pastor Will. Um, you know, so for for me, this was an absolute layup. It's funny we used to get in trouble because I'd stay over my fr- at my friend's house, and we'd get up and get get ready for school in the morning, and we'd always be late catching the bus because we'd be playing this in the morning after we finished getting ready and all that. Um, yeah, I, I think that this one, this one is really what cemented, you know, I enjoyed the beat up nature of the, this was really what cemented me as a fighting game fan. It's also, it's way more balanced than the first one. Yes. Uh, the first one you had, uh, Reptile had horrible infinite combos. Uh, everyone, if you, if you for some reason enter a Mortal Kombat 1 tournament, everybody will be playing Reptile. Yep. Uh, that's not going to be the case here. Uh, there are still very overtuned characters. Uh, but it's going to be a lot more role. I actually, I, so I got to play Mortal Kombat 2 for the first time. Uh, I was probably 15, maybe 16, maybe older. I'm not exactly sure, but I don't know if you've ever seen it, but for some reason, Dollar General started selling a Genesis, like hmm. a, a, the little game onboard version of a Genesis, and my dad bought that one day. And it does not have Mortal Kombat on it if you do find one. Uh, he just got the Mortal Kombat 2 cartridge separately from his friend snake shout out snake great dude uh that's when i got to play it for the first time on the genesis which was pretty cool and then you know then i really really got into it on the arcade cabinet which i think me, me personally i think is the better way to play this one but you know playing it at home it's a whole different experience not yeah. having to pay for it every time yeah i would say i would say that i i hear the argument that this is probably the last one that's really if you're gonna if you're gonna do it on the arcade cabinet the movements are still big enough that it makes sense on an arcade cabinet i would say that this is probably the last one that does that and then everyone uh, the rest of them afterwards are all are all console games you know they yeah. that didn't stop them all from being in in arcades these games were in arcades through the entirety of the the 2D era, I think. Um, I think by the end of the 2D era, arcades were on the way out and all of that. It was before bars realized that the millennials that grew up with arcades are now of drinking age. And so give them nostalgia feels and a drink. Yeah. Yeah. I think Annihilation had cabinets. I'm not positive, but I, I think Annihilation. That would did. be fascinating to see a cabinet of of relation but yeah i uh 
don't know. I think I think everything that it stands to do, plus or minus, um, I'm not the biggest fan of of the replacement of Goro. I think that uh, Goro was, but I understand that you need to replace it with somebody. But I think that there were other opportunities that that you could have done that weren't a blockier version of Goro. Um, deception. I think not annihilation. Mortal Kombat deception. deception I think has cabinets. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think everything else that it sets up to do. Including expanding on Shang Tsung because Shang Tsung was a really compelling villain, and then they one upped it with Shao Kahn. And Shao Kahn is not—he's not a boss that would have otherwise, I think, been made sense to to really catch fire. But I think that the the way that they presented him in this game in particular pretty much set the stage for him to be a mainstay because otherwise he's just a big blocky big dude just big just hit hard smash boom boom but like it was such a pain to get to him and if you weren't good at this game you were getting clapped in about 2.5 you were not gonna last very long he get one of his infinite combos and that's to say that you even made it past reptiles infinite combo which was stupid but yeah yeah i i actually i really did like kentaro uh i think it's just because my first one was umk3 and yeah. kentaro was the penultimate boss in umk3 as well and i spent probably a good chunk of my adolescent life fighting kentaro yeah uh, so i should hate him but i don't i think his design is sick like tiger stripes that you know yeah i and this this goes to what i appreciate about an IP like this because I can have the exact same experience just with with different characters. For for a whole group of people, Shao Kahn is their guy. For me, Shang Tsung is a far more compelling uh character. And, but but I think to to follow up what would become a tentpole character with something like Shang Tsung is a net win. I think that that was a I think that was well done. I just think that they they hit it in one. I think when it when it comes to like the characters, you know what I mean, that define the entirety of the series. Yeah, yeah. I, I me personally, I I think Shang Tsung is a more compelling villain. Mm-hmm. I think he's better written. Uh, he's also better than Quan Chi and yeah. Kotal Kahn. I'm not a huge fan of either of them. Uh, Kotal Kahn is cool in eleven. I'll give him that. So yeah. we'll see what they do in twelve. I don't know. Uh, but as far as villains go, I think. Shao Kahn, Shang Tsung, and Goro were—they got it. Yeah, yeah. So I look at—I look at Goro, and I have exactly the same response that you have with Kintaro. Like Goro was—I spent a lot of time trying to get past Goro to even get to Shang Tsung. You know what I mean? So for me, that's the penultimate character. Yeah, man, fantastic, fantastic game. So yeah, I think that I think that does it for now. You know, from here we'll be going into probably the rest of the the two D era and talking about the the various versions of three that are that are released from here. But yeah, I think this is the I think to sum this up, this is probably as close to a perfect bridge as you get from segueing this series from an arcade side-scrolling fighter to what would be 
a continued, full-blown, shared universe within advanced consoles. All right, guys, and with that, we draw in for a close wrapping up. Let the people know what you have been geeking out on. What recommendations do you have? Lately, I've been geeking out on Guilty Gear Strive. It is a live game. I think it's the best fighting game to come out in years. For the record, I do think it's better than Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, but Sin Kisk just came out on Thanksgiving. New character, older Frank fan favorite. My roommate's old man from Guilty Gear XRD. I love these games. They're great. I recommend them fully. If you're a fighting game fan and you haven't played Guilty Gear, check it out. It's an anime fighter. It's not like Mortal Kombat at all. Yeah. Yeah. The first time that we recorded a Mortal Kombat game, you gave that recommendation for that game and I looked into it and it is phenomenal. Like it's it's just if you are a fan of the genre, it is a great genre uh, title, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was playing it earlier. Nice. Before we started recording, and then we watched a little Chainsaw Man, and then we recorded. Nice. Fantastic. Um, I would, I would, I have two recommendations. One, go on YouTube, type in cutscenes from MK11. Mortal Kombat 11 has an awesome story. And the gameplay is fine to yep. redundant. I think that by this point, as far as the new generation games go, they are probably the most redundant out of the, out of that group. But the storyline is nominal bonkers so people have put together in cutscenes all of the or in in uh movie form all of the cutscenes from the game and it is a, a great cinematic experience like yeah. that is probably the strongest part of the game so absolutely look that up uh as far as fighting games go i have been geeking out on uh dragon ball xenoverse um it is Awesome. I hated it at first. I absolutely could not stand it at, at first. And then I figured out the gimmick. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I understand the rails. And once you understand the rails, it doesn't ever deviate from the rails. You just continue on through the Dragon Ball story and all mm -hmm. of that. And for me, being a fan of like the Budokai series and all of that kind of stuff, it is very reminiscent of those that style of game. So it, yeah. if that's your bag, then uh, you can find it on xbox i think on playstation as well yeah oh yeah i've only i've only ever won two fighting game tournaments i've only ever entered two uh but one of them was dragon ball xenoverse so it is great it, i loved it uh all right guys and for now we bid you adieu if we if you've listened to this whole thing and you find yourself wanting more Go ahead and head on over to systematicecology.org. You can go ahead and listen to our first installment of the Mortal Kombat series, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, if you find yourself wanting even more than that, you can head on over to patreon.com slash systematicecology. Toss a couple of bucks in the kitty, get all kinds of bonus materials over there as well. We just kicked off the Versus series, which is our, uh, at the time of recording this, our newest uh, Patreon series to say thank you for all of you guys that help support what we do here. And last, but certainly not least, do not want you to forget one very important truth. We are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.
This was an Anazao Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazao Ministries podcast network.